0: Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 10 of Farscape.
1: Relativity. Because it deals with Aaron's relatives. Yeah. It's weird. I know that you were only at on this episode while we were watching it, but I felt like this episode was Farscape hitting on all cylinders. Like, it wasn't an episode that I would think back on and say, oh, this is a very important episode of Farscape, like, different destinations, or Liars, Guns, and Money. It's not like an episode I look back on and I'm like, or, 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 uh, Won't Get Fooled Again. It's not one of the ones that I'm, like, gonna put in my top tier, S-tier Farscape episodes. But as I was watching it, I was like, this episode is hitting.
0: Yeah, I, uh...
1: Alright, I'll try to convince you to do it while we're going through it. Eh,
0: I, eh. I don't know, I, it just, it didn't land for me. Although, I did... We're back to the cool puppet alien designs.
1: Yes, it's been a while. I hadn't realized so we were going through the episodes one by one, but it's been a while since they gave us cool puppets.
0: Yeah, which, it's kind of disappointing because I feel like that was not the main, well, yeah, kind of the main thing Farscape had going for it was how alien the live action aliens look. Yeah. Because.
1: I mean, being teamed up with Jim Henson, that's, that's one of the big things about Farscape.
0: I'm not a Star Trek person. He said, having now seen quite a bit of Star Trek, but I'm not a Star Trek person, but I feel like one of the reasons Lower Decks is my favorite Star Trek uh, is because they can actually go all out on the alien designs as opposed to forehead ridges.
1: Yeah. Well, and not just the designs, but and that episode from last season that Richard Kind was in. Yeah. With the alien that duplicates whenever it feels uncomfortable. Like, that episode was incredible, and you could not have done that in any medium other than cartoon. At least not well. Now I'm imagining the terrible CGI that you could have done that with.
0: <laughs> well, and Dr. Ta'an is great, but there's no way they'd pull that off. Oh
1: my gosh, exactly.
0: So we get a reminder that when Erin was a wee tiny child, her mother came to her and was like, hey, your parents loved each other and that makes you special. And wee baby Erin was like, okay. need.
1: Okay, whatever. Can I go back to sleep now? So, and we also find out, uh, there's a really long Previously On.
0: And I really don't feel like we need that much of it. Like
1: I think it's interesting that the Previously On is so long because Farscape was really ahead of its time. And one of the ways it was ahead of its time was to be a show that had a heavy serialized element. So they had to have that massive Previously On because people weren't coming in and...
0: Yeah, you weren't binging it i mean binging wasn't a thing you could do with tv back then
1: right but also you couldn't assume that if somebody missed the episode that aired they were able to watch it in some other way in mm-hmm. some other fashion so yeah
0: it just kind of reminds me of uh we're re-watching friends and there's a bit where they sum up everything that's happening in a previously on and then phoebe has a phone conversation that more succinctly sums up all of the everything off the clips it just told us
1: well, and that one's especially weird because that episode is
0: like a two-parter, three-parter.
1: It's a two-parter, but I was gonna say that's an episode that originally aired in one one-hour block on television. So yeah, yeah, so it's it's, it's ex it's extra weird. It's the one it's the one with Ross's wedding, by the way, where he where at the end he says Rachel at the wedding instead of uh, I take the Emily. For those of you who
0: Are unfamiliar with friends.
1: I was going to say who are familiar with friends. Ah. For those of you who aren't, I'm just speaking nonsense right now. (laughs) Speaking of nonsense, this is a Talon episode. Mm. And we start with Talon on a planet, because remember, Talon is recuperating. And, oh, that's the other thing. This season, it's going back and forth between Talon and Moya, so...
0: It's been a while since we've got a lot of this information.
1: Yeah, especially if you're watching it... You know, like I said, without the ability to get a recap and like there isn't even an internet that you can reliably go on. I mean, the internet exists, but not that you can reliably go on and get the episode summary.
0: Not to address internet internet pendants out of nothing, but God, that's such a thing. When you're, you know, talking about so, something and someone's, and you're like, oh, there wasn't really an internet. And then someone on the internet's like, uh, actually the internet was invented in 1980 whatever so there was an internet at this point you're like you know what i mean
1: oh that's how i know that i'm talking to a baby who wasn't on the internet when it started this is me being an old person this is me being an old person who would wake up in the morning before high school and start my modem dialing Because it was getting a busy signal. So I would just set it to redial over and over and over again while it kept getting a busy signal until eventually it connected with my local bulletin board system, my local BBS, so that I could play a text-based online role-playing game for the ten minutes between when I finally got connected to the server and I had to leave to go to school.
0: I think there are older people who do it too. Just, if if you're a pendant,
1: Yeah, I guess if you're a pendant, you don't care about logic, you just care about technicalities.
0: I'm not going to get into a whole other thing, but there was just a rash of people wildly misinterpreting stuff on Twitter this week. I feel like that's always sort of the background noise of Twitter, but I saw so much of it this week, and I'm like, I can't imagine going into a situation where you have to have, like, the most ungenerous read of something in order to get angry about it and being like i'm gonna get full angry about something that i have to wildly misinterpret
1: yeah this has definitely felt like a week i need to limit my twitter usage Mm. Mm. anyway
0: speaking of awful people rigel
1: well so i was going to i was i was i was briefing our listeners that talon is down on a planet recovering
0: Mm-hmm. Which, I thought that leviathans couldn't enter atmosphere... Baby
1: leviathans can. Okay. Pendant. Mm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so... We
1: also find... So we find out from Rigel and Stark that after the last episode, when Aaron and John decided they were, in fact, in love, they've been basically doing nothing but banging non-stop while Talon heals.
0: There's kind of a funny bit where um, Rigel's like, What kind of male is he moving during sex? It's weird how Stark went from, like, immediately one of my favorite characters to someone I'm finding kind of insufferable. Uh, Having him teamed up with Rigel is not good, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I feel like I've turned a corner in a bad way on Stark.
1: Well, with Stark, I feel like whenever he's used for comedic purposes, it kind of makes me cringe and so when he's teamed with Rigel, it's particularly bad. But I actually liked some of the Rigel Stark stuff this episode. I'll mention sure when we get to it.
0: He, he it's just it's the worst pairing. And I know I say that about anyone with Rigel, but it's the worst pairing and it's just sinking Stark so bad. I
1: kind think Zan and Rigel were a good pairing. No.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I I mean he uh a lot of gendered insults for someone who comes from a species that, uh...
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, we see John and Aaron naked in bed together, and John starts banging on the wall and making sex noises just to troll Rigel, and Aaron's like, yeah, you know when you're actually fucking me, you're much louder than that.
0: You know, I, I don't know how big, uh...
1: John's penis? Talon is,
0: (laughs) but I'm assuming that Rigel and Stark could just be in a different part of the show. They
1: can't! We specifically know that Talon is, like, too small for them to have separate quarters, so... Yeah. Also, Rigel mentioned that Talon's bulkheads are thinner than they will eventually be, so it's just... It's just not a good situation. Anyway... (laughs) See, this is one of the moments I love. Krace calls them down to the command center because he's sensed someone else is nearby. And Stark runs in shouting, friend or foe, friend or foe! And Rigel says, obviously a foe! We don't have any friends!
0: So Rigel's like, why don't we just use all of Talon's firepower to, you know, kill them? And Krace is like... Uh, Talon is in low power mode, because otherwise this episode would be over too quickly.
1: Well, Talon's healing. And also, in fairness to the construction of this episode, the thing that Talon is so injured from is his first encounter with this vigilante squad, so.
0: I'm just saying, when they were in the throat of that dugong or whatever. Budong. Budong. It had- Talon was aware enough to actively fuck with Jon all the time. Couldn't bring a little of that energy to this episode. Things would have been over, like, you know.
1: Maybe part of the reason they had to power him all the way down was because John and Aaron have been plowing so hard.
0: Hey, kid, your mom and stepdad are having sex inside of you. That's not traumatizing at all.
1: You know, okay, first of all, Aaron is, like, a favorite aunt. aunt, Because Moya is Talon's mom.
0: Okay, your favorite aunt and her boyfriend, you don't like very much, are having <laughs> sex inside of you.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't do well to think about things like this. You know what? You know what? I am thinking about though. Uh Krace, who also is kind of in love with Aaron, is connected to Talon and therefore can probably watch anything that's happening anywhere on the ship.
0: That's unfortunate.
1: I'm not saying that he's necessarily doing that. You know, but. I would be uncomfortable having sex in that situation.
0: Hmm. Well, they've all been through kind of a lot, I feel like.
1: I guess that's true. I'm just imagining myself as John... See, Aaron, I can see not caring. But as John being like, Man, this guy tried to kill me for a long time. I'm not really comfortable having sex while he watches.
0: Maybe it's a power move.
1: (laughs) I guess guess it could be a power move. (laughs) Anyway, on the planet we see the retrieval squad... And we get a look at the aliens that Aaron's mom is working with.
0: They look really cool—a little dinosaur-y. Uh, a little, you know, aliens from the aliens movies. E.
1: Yeah, they're they're very tall, and they have a, a long, a long head with kind of a beak-like formation on the end with very sharp teeth, kind and they kind what... of.
0: Oh, sorry, go on.
1: I was gonna say that the the face almost looks like a Predator face.
0: Yeah, it looks like if Predators and Aliens had babies, which I think they did in one of the Alien v. Predator movies. I don't know, I didn't watch them. I I like the first couple Alien movies. I never watched any of the Predator movies, but it's a seri- they're both series I feel like probably shouldn't have gone on for as long as they did. Eh. It's okay to just have like a couple really good movies and then stop.
1: Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of either franchise, so I don't really care how many they put out. Mm, It's not like some other franchises where I'm like, oh, I love the first three, and then they went downhill after that. I'm like, eh. As long as people keep buying tickets.
0: Yeah, they keep uh, Terminator, I think, is probably the one that drove most into the ground. Yeah. It's the fact that in the last, not the last one, but I think the one before the last one.
1: Terminator Salvation before Terminator Genesis,
0: Yeah they have a line that talks about the original two movies is taking place in like a uh, little podunk go nothing t- uh, go nowhere timeline and i'm like that's the only reason this franchise exists why are you insulting the two movies people like
1: yeah yeah all right so
0: so aaron's mom has these three alien term
1: <laughs> a-
0: alien predator looking things working for her. The,
1: the other two 80s action franchises.
0: Yes. And uh, one of them is kind of injured so she kills him and she's like, now you two have more of the cut of the murder money we're going to get from murdering these people.
1: We also learn later in this episode a, a very cool thing. These, these particular mercenaries are in debt to the peacekeepers and it's almost like gladiators who have to win a certain amount of fights.
0: Oh, I was thinking a college debt thing.
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, except that except that they eventually presumably can be freed. Uh essentially after they have nine successful missions, they get to leave and this is their ninth mission. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun.
0: <laughs> so Aaron tells Christ that they're here to take Talon and they can't let that happen blah 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 and Chris doesn't say it, but he's like, yes, I obviously know that. I'm aware of this. I was here the first time this happened, Aaron."
1: <laughs> yeah, so...
0: what? We, this is information all of us already have and could be very easily gleamed by paying attention to what's going on. You don't need to say it.
1: But they're trying to come up with a plan, and while they're trying to come up with a plan... Rigel has found the data chip that has the thing with Aaron's mother coming to her as a child and being like, "Hey, I'm your mother and I love you." And Rigel's like, "Oh, obviously they sent Aaron's mother because then they knew Aaron would like hesitate at the last moment. And again, as you said, we know Rigel, you're the last one on board. We all know that. And Aaron like picks up a giant gun and is like, "Well, then they miscalculated because she is going to choose talent over her mother. She says. Mm. Mm.
0: So, Aaron's mother's being a hard-ass. She's threatening, you know, if they don't do well enough, she's going to reset their thing to zero, and then they're going to have to go on ten new missions. And Yeah. It seems kind of like it's pointless to actually go through with the missions if you can just do that, though.
1: Well, if they don't pull their weight, and or if they don't achieve their objective. I mean, honestly, they know that Talon is a main character. And well, this is a show where main characters can die, the chance that they're going to be successful in this mission is is small.
0: So I do like the planet that they're on. It's very misty and swamp-ish. Mm-hmm. Presumably not the whole planet. Presumably they're just in a swamp in a planet that has a diverse, you know, biome or whatever. Oh,
1: you don't think this is a Star Trek world where every planet has only a single biome?
0: <laughs> it's the cowboy planet where everything is the Old West and... Don't think about how they, like, farm or anything. Don't think about how they support the population.
1: This planet or is a gangster <laughs> biome. Yes.
0: <laughs> like, how does that work?
1: I love a piece of the action. That episode is wild.
0: I'm really hoping they revisit that in Lower Decks. Oh, my point.
1: gosh. They, they have to, right? Oh, my God. Okay. This is so off track, but I have to touch on this. Okay, at the end of the original series, Star Trek episode, A Piece of the Action, the way that Kirk settles things, because pre-Prime Directive, somebody came down to the planet and accidentally left behind a book about gangs in Chicago, and they decided to make that their Bible, and they've structured their entire society along, like, 1930s gangland Chicago. And... The episode finally ends with Kirk being like, you know what, fuck it, Prime Director's already been violated, here's the deal, I'm the head gangster! I'm gonna come down and collect protection money, and you guys are just gonna follow Federation rules for how to be a civilization. The end. End of. And some ship somewhere might possibly be tasked with going to that planet periodically to collect Kirk's (laughs) protection money. Oh my god, please let this be a Lower Decks episode that happens.
0: I'm honest to God surprised that Next Gen never did an episode, like, revisiting that, because that does not seem sustainable long-term.
1: No, or no, not honestly, at all. even
0: short-term.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, imagine Poimler's reaction to that. Oh! Oh, please, let this be a Lower Decks episode! Oh, and it can- You know what? Okay, now I'm just gonna go way out on a limb here. It can totally validate the disaster- That is the Wrath of Khan movie. Yeah, that's right. Wrath of Khan is total trash. Let me tell you why. At the end of Space Seed, when they put, like, Khan on the planet and just leave him there along with the...
0: Nurse immovable hair.
1: Yeah, she wasn't a nurse, but yeah, she was a science officer. But they just leave her behind, too, because she wants to fuck Khan, and who can blame her? And so they just leave them on the planet, and then Spock is like... Perhaps someday we shall return here and see what has grown from the space seed you have planted. That's where they get the phrase, space seed, Mm. right? And then when they return in Wrath of Khan, what happened was, um, we miscalculated and the planet blew up and now Khan is very, very angry at you. That's not, that's not a good resolution. It's like, the question is like, what kind of civilization would have, would have spawned from this? And the answer is, uh, none, because the planet blew up. No, it's a terrible answer! I, I, I really hate Wrath of Khan for that reason.
0: Mm. You're not sad when Spock gets eaten by the space whale. I don't know. I, I... I Am I <laughs> am I, I, I'm merging that with the uh
1: Yeah, yeah, you are. You you're you're, you're merging 2 with 4 and weirdly skipping over 3, The Search for Spock.
0: That's the one where Spock's brain ends up inside uh, Bones's head, right? And... Yes,
1: that happens in that movie.
0: Because if you're going to stick your essence in someone, you're going to do it to the guy who hates you and not the your romantic life partner.
1: Okay, first of all, Bones, Kirk, and Spock are totally a throuple. And that antagonism is totally, like... Foreplay. Yes.
0: And in some cases, aft play, we can assume.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, no, and uh, McCoy's just the person he was able to uh, mind meld with at the last moment.
0: That's weird, because wasn't- didn't he die, like, right next to Kirk?
1: They were on opposite sides of, like, a radiation shield, so literally the least possible place to mind melt. You have to be in physical contact. Anyway, Farscape. So, we learned that basically everything on this planet stinks. You know what this planet is? What? It's the swamp from Princess Bride.
0: Oh, you're right, it is. It really, really is.
1: It it even has these like weird geysers. Yeah, these weird geysers of like very foul smelling gas. And uh, to to enhance the predator metaphor that's going to spring up later, uh, John discovers uh, Chekhov's incredibly foul smelling fruit. Yep. Yep. He's like, Oof, remind me not to put that on my Cocoa Puffs. And Aaron is like, Oh my god, please stop.
0: I wonder how the translator microbes handled cocoa puffs. Do, do the peacekeepers have cereal? We've talked about so little of this episode because nothing goddamn happens. In well, it.
1: okay, no, this episode there's it's it's a very atmospheric episode, so it is very light on plot.
0: Mm.
1: Also, I assume that the translator microbes translate that for her as candy. Flavored rice treats that human children eat for breakfast.
0: Okay, I kind of want to hear the show from Aaron's perspective. That would be great. At least one episode would okay, be. Okay, I kind
1: of want to engage in this project of translating all of the stuff that John says. Okay, that's that
0: It's neither here nor there right now.
1: No, that is that is a future project. Back on Talon, Stark is like There are all these vines that are helping Talon heal, and Stark is, like, cutting them all away so that they can take off the second that Talon wakes up, the second that he reboots. Because Stark is just really freaked out. Honestly, Stark is more freaked out here than he has been at other points, which is odd, because...
0: This is not the most... You guys got eaten in the last episode you were in.
1: I guess, okay. I mean,
0: Stark wasn't in the ship for that, but...
1: And honestly, he did get pretty freaked out about them getting eaten, so...
0: yeah
1: I just... I feel like the thing that should be freaking him out the most is Scorpius. Oh, but he thinks Scorpius is dead. Huh. I wonder if it was kind of like a thing where he was holding it together, Um, and by it I mean, like, his PTSD brain. If he was, like, holding everything together with the whole Scorpius having tortured him thing, but now that Scorpius has been killed, he's kind of... But now that he believes killed. Scorpius has been killed, his brain is kind of unraveling. Like, all of that adrenaline has nowhere to go now. Shrug. Anyway, in the woods, Aaron's mom and, and Talon's crew exchange blaster fire.
0: Yeah. Aaron gets her mom in her crosshairs, but she can't fire, and then- Oh, hey, look, it's and-
1: exactly what they said would happen.
0: <laughs> oh, no, my emotions.
1: Is that your errant voice? No. Oh, what voice is that?
0: I don't know. Peacekeeper <laughs> voice. Okay. They have accents sometimes. Most S- of the time.
1: Sometimes they have Australian accents because they're played <laughs> by Australian actors.
0: But yeah, they're everyone's going pew
1: pew 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 pew. Pew. Yes. And in in the course of, of pew pews, uh, Grace gets injured.
0: Wah wah. I don't get the Krace-John subplot in this episode. I guess I should hold off until it actually happens, but John feels betrayed by Krace for some reason, and I'm like, do not remember your entire history with Krace. Like, I'll, I'll hold on until it comes up, but Aaron gets separated from uh, John and Crace, and Krace is injured with John. Yes. John's not injured, just Grace.
1: Right. And Aaron's mother finds her and grabs her and is like...
0: Chokehold. cold.
1: Yeah. And Aaron's like, "Wait, are you my mother? Are you Zalak soon?"
0: And Zalak is like, "Love makes you weak."
1: Honestly, real, real uh, Once Upon a Time flashbacks, right? But no, okay, it is, it is strange, right? After the scene that we saw, she's like, "Yeah, no, uh, that was that was nothing. I, I don't feel emotion. I am a good peacekeeper." And over the course of the episode between her and Aaron fighting, it's going to be revealed that...
0: They made her kill uh, Talon, the guy, not the ship. Yeah. And it's a whole, ooh, it's a parallel between, I'm saying this sarcastically, but it's it's neat storytelling, it's a parallel between... Her and her killing Aaron's dad to prove her loyalty to the peacekeepers and Aaron killing that uh, engineer guy she was in love with to prove her loyalty to the peacekeepers. It's a nice bit of synergy.
1: It is. It is. And
0: how they kind of grew in different directions from that because it made Aaron's mom more loyal to the peacekeepers and it made Aaron less loyal to the peacekeepers.
1: You're saying this with such a tired voice, but it's like it's it's brilliant.
0: It's good writing. It's just I I don't feel like the episode carries it well.
1: Yeah. So we get a moment with the with the alien mercenaries alone, and they they do that Star Trek thing where they're like, "Yes, we definitely need to get credit for this mission. So we need to take down Talon, and also there is another." I. Hmm. Uh, Meaning that there's another target they're supposed to take down.
0: Uh, it's Moya, right? Or... No, it's Crace. Oh. That's, Wouldn't
1: that's... that be the
0: same? Like, Talon and.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess. Well, I mean,
1: as long as. I guess we're going to go a little bit all over the place in this episode, but this is what John feels betrayed about. John feels betrayed that Grace didn't tell them that the retrieval squad was specifically after him as well as Talon. And it's like, John, he's a. The Peacekeepers want all of you for one reason or another. Like, I, you're...
0: Ugh. So Erin knocks her mom out and then she has a, like, you know, moment where she's just tracing her face and she's, like, seeing herself in her mom. And it's good casting. This woman looks like she could be Claudia Black's mom.
1: Yeah, she does.
0: But the mom's like, you're weak. You should have killed me while I was unconscious. You're pathetic. You've turned your back on everything the peacekeepers are about. And Aaron's like,
1: Yeah, Aaron's like, I'm not a peacekeeper anymore. And, like, this is the, basically the crux of their whole conversation is, uh, Zalax, Zalax soon, Aaron's mom being like, you are a terrible peacekeeper. And Aaron being like, yeah, I'm not a peacekeeper anymore. I,
0: they fired me. Remember? Yeah. Like,
1: fuck them. Fuck them. And the ship they rode in on and her mom being like, No peacekeeper would say that. And Aaron would be like...
0: What did we just (laughs) establish? I got fired, what, years ago in universe? How much time has passed since the beginning of this show? I mean,
1: probably not more than a year.
0: But, like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, you're betraying your peacekeeper. They fired her quite a long time ago.
1: Here's the thing. Aaron, Farscape is Aaron's journey. Yes. And like the, like the show. And part of her journey is that the peacekeepers were the only home she had ever known and now she has to figure out what who she is without that structure. And every time she runs into a peacekeeper, they're like they 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 they, they, they offer her this like tantalizing you could return and still be a peacekeeper thing to her, but with every passing instance it gets less tantalizing it's like yeah no i'm done we're no <laughs> that's done
0: these are the people who were like oh you made eye contact with a human dude we're going to have you killed why would she want to rejoin them
1: yeah but like compare this compare this with her mother telling her that she's a bad peacekeeper and almost thinking she could lure her back even though obviously she's marked for death already but Zalex thinking she can lure Aaron back to the peacekeepers compare that with when Krace put up the beacon back in uh, sounds... till til the blood runs clear, that was like, hey, special secret message just for Aaron. You can come home if you want.
0: I really didn't get the impression that Zalix was offering her a way back in.
1: So, not that Zalix is offering her a way back in, but she says to her towards the end that she wanted to see if Aaron was actually truly lost, and now she sees that she is. That implies that had she been fiercer then she wouldn't have been completely lost although the way to prove she would have been fiercer would have been to kill Alex initially like really this is just alex trying to find the thing that is most cruel to say to Aaron, but failing because Aaron is not a peacekeeper anymore
0: yeah zalex talks about she tells her that she's weak and pathetic for naming uh, talon after her dad and that i suppose that when i die you can name your prowler after me Except, you're too much of a wuss to kill me, you wussy wuss wuss. And Aaron's like, oh my god, what are you, 12?
1: (laughs) Sorry, now I'm just imagining Aaron, like, several years from now being like, Hey, John, I just need to go take a ride. I'm just gonna hop into that fucking bitch and take a a trip down to the commerce planet.
0: Uh. (laughs) So, meanwhile, John is having sexy nurse time with grace yeah it's it's weird he's talking about how his first girlfriend used to like it when he got hurt because she could take care of him or something and then he's like hey jules is this making you horny and grace is like (laughs) you know people are hunting us right now like maybe don't scream weird things to your girlfriend your first girlfriend who is an untold amount of distance away. Maybe don't have this weird, sarcastic rant to someone who's not here very loudly while people are trying to kill us.
1: Well, I like to think that John went on a date with that girlfriend to see Predator. Mm-hmm. Because while he's ranting about the girlfriend, he remembers that really, really foul-smelling fruit. And is like, ah! We should coat ourselves in this fruit so that those aliens, who by the way are very good trackers but track by scent, cannot find us! And Grace is like... This is disgusting. This is what happens when I have to deal with fucking humans.
0: Kudos for not bringing back those weird tracking aliens from those two other episodes.
1: When the blood runs clear. The ones I actually just mentioned. Yeah. Or, you know, from the episode I just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, back on the ship, Rigel's like, uh, can we just go? They're probably dead. I want to leave. And Stark's like, no. This yeah. is the exact same thing we did last episode. No.
1: And then Aaron shows up with Alex, and...
0: She's like, and Rigel's like, oh, I knew that you'd make it, Aaron. You're so strong and capable, not like the others. And Aaron's like, really? Rigel, like, I know you. We've been living together for, like, over a year at this point. You don't need to pull this weird kissing my ass BS.
1: Right? Like, we know who you are, Rigel. And... Yes, Erin shows up with her mother, and Zalex is bound, but we see that she has, like, a super sharp thumbnail that she's using to cut the... the Bindings. Yeah, the bindings. The vines that are binding her arms behind her back. Okay. I, I don't... Like, good for her for always having a plan. Like, super sharp fingernail in case you need it.
0: Yeah. So, on the planet... John is hallucinating, Scorpius. Yeah,
1: Scorpius shows up and he's like, Hey, John, I'm here to save your life like I always do. And John's like, I didn't summon you. And Scorpius is like, well, your subconscious did. I live in your subconscious and your subconscious wants me to not let you die. How? We've been doing this for like six months, John.
0: Yeah. So Brain Scorpius tells John that Crace is wanted by the Peacekeepers and that's why he's been working with them. How is this not information John already has?
1: It is information he already has. The Scorpius lives in his subconscious.
0: I'm just your brain, Homer. I can only give you information you already have.
1: Right, exactly.
0: But John's <laughs>
1: mad about it?
0: I, I I, legitimately don't understand this plot. Like, John feels betrayed by Krace because Krace is only using them for protection. When has that not been abundantly clear?
1: I, I think that this goes back to the found family thing. When, one of the things I like about Farscape is that although it is a show about found family, it has to be earned, right? That's why you get the season one episode where they're totally willing to cut off Pilot's arm. Because they exist, you know, they are not going to be like yes we're all best friends they, they they're thrown together by circumstances and that's the way it is until until it's earned but john being one of us has genre conventions in his head so if you are thrown together by chance that means that you are allies now on like a deeper level than allies just of circumstance so the fact that craze was like Oh, oh, oh no, um, I just need you for protection. Like, that feels like a betrayal to John, even though, as you said, it's not, of course. Grace is just there opportunistically.
0: And I feel like Chris has been really upfront. I, I, I just, I don't get why this is a thing. Like...
1: Grace does not want you here, John. He's been very clear about that!
0: He was actively cool with Talon killing you in the last episode we had with you guys, like... Why are you suddenly
1: surprised?
0: I just, I don't, I don't get the point of this.
1: I think that John is upset that, well, so the thing I like about Farscape is that it doesn't conform to sci-fi conventions. And I think John is somebody who is going in here sci-fi savvy is upset that it's not conforming to sci-fi conventions.
0: I just, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, not I just, saying,
1: I'm not saying he's justified in being angry. I'm just saying that this is where his head is at.
0: I'm just, I'm not buying that this is something John would be upset about. Literally nothing has changed. This is, and as you said, this isn't new information for John. Yeah. This is John suddenly deciding to be angry about something he's been very aware of for, what, weeks, months at this point?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if anything this it is It
0: feels like bad writing. I'm sorry, it feels like bad writing. All right. If- if there had been an instigating thing, like Krace trying to turn John in to save himself, I would understand it. But it's not. It's just John suddenly realizing that Krace is only using them for his own protection and being mad about it, even though that's something he's been aware of. It, it feels like bad writing.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I will give you that. All right, so then Aaron's mother breaks free. And slices open her own arm because she has a weapon hidden inside her arm and it's horrifying. I, it's so much body horror.
0: Well, she does a drug thing first. She like, she breaks free, she snorts something, her pupils get all wide, then she rips a weapon out of her arm and she's all like, <laughs> she's tossing Aaron around, she's tossing Stark around. Stark, you can just guide her into death a little bit there. <laughs> just guide her into death a bit
1: you like overestimate the abilities of all of these people you're like you're like back when we had Zan, you were like can't you just reach out telepathically and like kill them with telepathic sex like you did that one guy even though that was very <laughs> difficult for her to do now you're like start just guide them into death even though it's like a whole ceremony just
0: guide her into death or take off your face thing and blind her
1: yeah blind her into death just
0: blind her and then shove her into a reactor, or airlock, or whatever. Yeah, Janeway, her up.
1: <laughs> so she, oh,
0: she's and she stabs Rigel.
1: She stabs Rigel. She stabs Rigel, and she knocks Aaron unconscious. And um, Laura Rosalind, her up from Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. President Rosalind, she loved throwing people out of airlocks. <laughs> Although throwing her out an airlock now wouldn't do anything because they're on a planet. <laughs>
0: just kind of like kicking someone out of a very slow moving van
1: (laughs) no it's like kicking someone out of a (laughs) parked van
0: it's not great for them but you know so now it's 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 uh, aaron's mom ship aaron's mom is in control now
1: yes and now we get a scene with stark and Rigel that i actually really like where stark is like trying to tend to rigel and like is feeling real emotions about it and rigel's like I just like help me and Stark
0: pulls some of the vines off the wall because they're healing vines, so
1: mm-hmm. which is good because I feel like I mean I just I like, was just teasing you about feeling like Stark is a a one trick pony, but if you're on the verge of death and you look up at Stark and say help me, he's I he's gonna like
0: guide you right into
1: death. Right, <laughs> it's,
0: it's the logical place to go there, right? I mean,
1: good on Stark for not guiding him into death. So, Aaron. Comes to on the command center and on the bridge, and her mother is severing all of Talon's higher functions because basically he can't be controlled right now, so she needs to cut off the parts of him that have thinking and emotions so that she can control him. Nice parallel to Aaron.
0: Mm. And she's like, once we've got a control collar on him, I'll restore higher function. And Aaron's like, that's not how that works. That's... That's aggressively not how that works. And Aaron's mom's like, shut up! I'm older than you and I know better!
1: Well, Aaron, to continue the metaphor, says Talon will die before he'll take a control collar. Hmm. So, yeah.
0: Aaron looks her mom in the eyes and says, okay, boomer.
1: Oh.
0: Okay, so back on the planet, John's angry- it's, it's more of the John being angry at- at- at Crace for-
1: well, I mean, it's the first part of John being in Great Craze. We talked about it before it happened.
0: Yeah, we talked about it before it happened, but, like, none of this is new information. John's like, the whole reason you merged yourself with Talon was so that we'd protect you. And it's like, okay, that's just blatantly not true. That's definitely a part of it. The reason he merged with Talon was because Talon is one of the most powerful things in the universe, and he wanted control of him.
1: Well, okay, I mean, let's let's talk about what they're talking about here. Once Krace merged with Talon, now they are a, a set. Mm-hmm. And John rightly says that they will do anything to protect Talon, which means that now they have to do whatever it takes to protect Krace. And therefore, Krace allowed this connection to happen in order to get their protection. But, okay, first of all, who wouldn't merge with Talon? I mean, come on! And second of all, the the Moya crew wasn't really the all-powerful, not-to-be-messed-with crew that they have come to be until the Shadow Depository thing, which didn't happen until after Kreis merged with Talon. It's...
0: It's all weird, word-salad bullshit. I don't... I really don't get what they were going for here.
1: Oh, well, I'd like to introduce the possibility that Sean isn't really mad at Krace.
0: He's just looking for an excuse to kill him because he washes off the, uh... Not...
1: The... Sorry, go ahead.
0: He, uh, he washes the goo that's been hiding them from the aliens. He washes it off Krace so the aliens will find him.
1: Yeah, not looking for an excuse to kill him. Looking for an excuse for Krace to think he's going to kill him. What? He, he, he's not really trying to get Krace killed. That's all part of a, a bigger trick. He,
0: to, what, to what end?
1: He's using Krace as bait to lure in the aliens. Yeah. He needs Krace to think it's real. So... Maybe he was just grasping at something that would let Grace think, "Oh, John has turned on me."
0: Okay, that's a solid point because we do know he is just trying to use Grace's bait to kill the aliens, yeah, which he does ridiculously easily, although not yet. But like, I mean, I guess I guess it doesn't need to make sense if it's a false thing. Yeah. <laughs> as I said when we were watching the episode, no, it needed to be fear sweat. <laughs> Which it is did, a, which is a Simpsons uh, reference.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. So, meanwhile, Erin and her mom are having another conversation about how Aaron's never gonna be a real peacekeeper because her emotions make her weak, and she's like, "No, my emotions make me strong. This is like the Dark Phoenix movie, or that one bit in um that Leica movie with the Beetle Man and the uh, Kubo and the two strings." Yes. Or well, Captain Marvel, or a lot of different things. Have used the "no emotions make me strong."
1: Well, um, you pointed out that Aaron and Zalex had a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that that their lives were parallel, but then they went in different directions with it. Aaron wants to think that she might be able to win her mother over, and I mean to come up with another parallel. The the piece with chiana and her double and when Chia- chiana has to think that she's different from her double because she let her double die
0: not like she had a ch- i no, she
1: didn't have it ch- not her fault no 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 shade to chiana
0: but obviously you'd feel guilt over that sort of thing anyway right and you'd be real traumatized watching yourself get murdered
1: well aaron recognizes that she and her mother were on the same path so she has to try to save her because she has to understand what what makes them different.
0: Yeah, and she she goes in the speech about how, you know, she knows that her mother was, you know, once at a turning point and it's not too late to turn and her mom's like, uh, doing the thing that I did got your father killed and also you suck, I hate you so much, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, and Aaron's like, oh, good, this is productive.
1: Well, it is too late for her mother to turn.
0: For someone who's like, you're weakened by emotion, someone sure seems to be feeling a lot of emotions right now.
1: Anyway, the two aliens find Krace all tied up and ready for them, and they're like, this feels like a trap, but I don't smell that human, so I guess it's not.
0: And then John kills them both. Yes. So, okay, I guess John's temper tantrum was based on nothing, just making Krace think he was abandoning him. Okay. I still... I I don't care for this.
1: Yeah, well, I mean... They weren't just faking out Crace. don't forget. They were faking out us, too. Yeah. Like, they didn't want us to think that John was just laying a trap. John. Even though it's pretty obvious.
0: Also, John, John, when Crace is like, oh, so that whole you flipping out at me thing was just, was just a trick to get them to, you know, and John's like. Well, it was a trick, but it's not just a trick. I am also abandoning you here. And then he goes back, he's like, I was lying, but also it was kind of real. You betrayed us. And Chris is like, What? What? How? What? And John's like, Yeah, everything I said was a lie, but it- no, you know what? I'm going back on it. Because <laughs> John, John says, It was a trick, but also all of it's true. You betrayed us. And it's like, No, he didn't. He's been very upfront about this the whole time. You know what? Never mind. I take it back.
1: All right. All right. It's just
0: bad writing.
1: Well, John wants to go back and leave him just there tied up. And Crace says, what if Aaron is dead? And you, because Aaron and I are the only two who can control Talon. And John is like, Aaron is not dead. But the fact that he frees Crace means that part of him thinks Aaron might be dead.
0: Ignoring whether or not Aaron's dead. Talon's a sentient person. Chip thing. Who, you know, loves Crace, so it's not like that was going to work out well for you (laughs) in any- (laughs) Right!
1: Yeah, Talon would not be happy if you killed Crace. Like- Ugh.
0: So back on the ship, Aaron's mom-
1: She's trying to sever the functions, and as she does so, Aaron gets the chip to play, the chip that shows Aaron's mom coming to her when she was- a child and she's like hey remember this remember this i have receipts mom <laughs> Aaron comes with receipts
0: and Aaron's mom's like okay so yeah i was because she, she's she told Aaron that that memory was wrong that it was something she imagined
1: which by the way is bullshit because if Aaron just imagined that memory how would she know her parents names
0: yeah that's a really good point and It's a lie that serves no purpose because the mom, upon watching the clip, is like, yeah, that did happen, but it doesn't matter. Like, who cares?
1: Right? It's,
0: it's, it means literally nothing. So why lie about it happening in the first, I mean, obviously, yeah, because it did mean something, but.
1: Right, and it did mean something. This is obviously a painful memory for Aaron's mom. She, like, gets upset and she, like, crushes the the chip and she's like none of this matters anymore it's all it, it, it's over and your dad is dead and the peacekeepers are going to kill you so we're no it, it it means nothing
0: so we go back to the planet and we see that one of the aliens says, oops not all dead
1: yeah one of the aliens that john stabbed wakes up and rips the spear out of his gut and like walks away but obviously injured
0: Back on the ship, uh, Aaron and Stark are tied up, and Rigel was dying, but he's been healed enough by the restoration vibe so that he's not anymore. Vines, not vibes.
1: <laughs> he's just vibing. He's just vining. <laughs> so, yeah, they're like, they're like, yeah, Rigel, you're awake, come untie us. And Rigel's like... <laughs> He points out, he's like, Stark only has one eye. That means he has no depth perception. He totally sewed my robes into my wound. I mean. It's a little, I I don't know. It's a little bit of of comic relief that makes me laugh. And Aaron's like, nobody cares about that. Come untie us.
0: If that's the worst thing that happens to you today, Rigel. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing that's happened to him today. Probably getting stabbed in the first place, but...
1: Yeah. So.
0: We cut away to see John wandering around on the swamp planet so we don't have to watch Rigel walk. (laughs) And then we cut back to Rigel cutting the...
1: That's true. Remember, there's only one time in the whole show when we see Rigel walking, and that's when he's negotiating with the the creature that's laying eggs inside of Moya. And it was one of the worst pieces of CGI this show has ever done.
0: Mm, It was very, very bad. So from now on, we just cut away and then back to Rigel whenever he needs to move without his chair.
1: Yep. So now that Aaron is free, she's going to try to go finish waking up Talon while Rigel and Stark snark at each other for a while.
0: Mm. So John's wandering through the swamp jungle thing, but the... Alien that wasn't quite dead enough comes up from behind. It grabs Crace and John's like,
1: mm. John's like no. But the thing just like totally cold cocks him. So now they're all fighting the three of them: John and the alien and Crace. And in the in the swamp, I- at different places, both Zalix and Aaron hear this going down. And Zalex tries to interfere, but Aaron tackles her so that she cannot fight them off. And I actually really like this fight sequence. It's both choreographed to the extent that you can see what's happening but also kind of like raw and dirty the way you imagine real fighting would be
0: yeah it's not pretty
1: but it's it's not as chaotic as real fighting would be so it's still you know
0: it's not that crazy ex-girlfriend song
1: yeah it's not it's not real fighting is awkward
0: (laughs) real life fighting is awkward i'm not singing anymore so we don't have to pay anyone
1: yes so, anyway, I wanted to
0: like that song so much more than I did, because it starts off on this really good uh, kung fu fighting riff.
1: But then it gets awkward, because real-life fighting is awkward!
0: Yeah, like, I get what they were doing with it, but it makes it not a fun song to listen to.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Aaron's mom manages to get the advantage, and she pulls the gun on Aaron, and is like, You are such a disappointment, and Aaron's like... It's you, Mom! I learned it from watching you! You're the one who came to me and was like, be a rebel, be independent, so that's what I fucking did! Which is true. She's like, "I, you wanted me to grow up to be a certain kind of way, and that's what I did. So then Aaron manages to get the upper hand, and she gets the gun, but, ah, uh, it's her mother, she can't kill her.
0: Yeah, John tackles Zalix, and Aaron gets the gun. And uh, Zalix is like, "You have to shoot me. Show me you're still a real peacekeeper." And John's like, "Aaron, don't shoot your mom." And Aaron's like, "I'm not going to shoot my mom, John."
1: Well, she—I mean, she says, "If I don't kill her, she's going to keep hunting us." And Zalex is like, "Yeah, that's right. I'm never going to stop. You—if you don't kill me now, I will never stop." And John's like, "Ah, oh, fine. Let one of us do it."
0: And uh, and Zalix is like, "I knew it." I knew you were too weak to finish the job. You are no daughter of mine, and Aaron's like, "Oh no, I'm not the crazy lady's daughter. who's trying to get me to kill her."
1: Anyway, Chris is like, "I'll do it," and he takes the gun, and he's like, "John, take Aaron out of here, so she doesn't have to see me murder her mother, mm. so that nobody has to see me murder her mother." And then we hear the we hear the blaster pulse. We we hear the gunshot, and Aaron, like, collapses into John, all upset. And then there's, like, a flashback where we see Aaron as a child again. And it's like, this moment was perfect before the flashback.
0: Really? I think the cinematography in this is legitimately awful. There's this weird thing where John and Aaron are, like, walking in slow motion. And they keep on cutting to Chris's face and his... Uh, like, the editing feels so sloppy and bad in this scene to me. Mm. And then, like, and then, like you said, they're...
1: Well, I mean, they're trying to cheat it as much as possible. They're trying to show everything up and t- I mean, no, she's definitely dead. But, no, that's... If they had shown less, it would be better. Yeah.
0: Less is definitely more. And also, why are John and Aaron in slow motion? I don't get that choice it's so bizarre
1: yeah okay so not this not this scene was perfect but the scene before it where she was fighting with her mother was perfect and then this is just too schmaltzy on top of that in my opinion
0: and them playing the footage of Zalex talking to kid Aaron, and the whole... they play
1: that footage in slow motion too it's
0: okay either do everything in slow motion or don't do slow motion at all and honestly don't, don't do, do slow motion. motion but like it's Such an odd choice to have the Kreis Zalik stuff in regular motion, but the flashbacks and the John Aaron stuff in slow motion—it just it hits the brain weird. I don't like it. I think I've actively turned. I I didn't like this episode the first time we saw it, and I think I actively like it a lot less talking about it.
1: Oh my god! Okay, this is this is going on like it's not S tier for me, but I think this is A tier for me for episodes. We should do that. At rank, the end, rank
0: the episodes? At the end
1: of the season, we should do a tier ranking of the episodes. Okay. Anyway, the final scene, now that they've all escaped, they're on Talon, they're back in space, and Stark tells Rigel that when he was when he was helping him, he could, you know, see into death, and when he saw into death, he saw Zan.
0: And Zan gave him the thumbs up from the afterlife. She's like, hey, everything's cool from the afterlife, I'm happy and content, and you don't have to worry about old Zan. She's good. And Rigel's like, that's neat. Thanks.
1: She told them that she's watching over them. That's nice.
0: I'd like to think that she has better stuff to do in the afterlife, but...
1: Well, I'm sure she's also having lots and lots of heaven sex. It's just she's taking a break to watch over them. And
0: I, that seems kind of mean, actually, like, it's not like she can positively affect what's going on in their plane of existence, so she's just popping in, oh, good, everything's still terrible for everyone.
1: Well, I mean, the prayer she said that Stark heard, he says, is a prayer of guardianship, so I think she is giving them some protection.
0: Then she should do it more, because <laughs> <laughs> things are not going well for anyone there.
1: Oh I, oh. I mean,
0: I guess she might be stopping them from dying, so... Although apparently death's pretty awesome, so
1: I, it's just this is a moment where Stark and Rigel genuinely connect and are are, you know, reflective and happy of thinking about Zan together. I I don't know. It seems like they get a nice moment together.
0: Mm. So John and Aaron are having a debriefing conversation while touching foreheads. Yeah, where uh, John's like. So we can't trust Krace. And Aaron's like, that's not new information, John.
1: But in addition to not being able to trust Krace, they had to use a bunch of his brainwaves to heal all the stuff that Zalex chopped off. So Talon is even more Krace than he was before now. Definitely, definitely you want to be inside of him.
0: And John's like, how you doing, champ? Are you okay now that your mom's, you know, super for reals he's dead? And Aaron's like, No. Nuzzle my face some more.
1: All right. So that's the end of that episode. We have segments. I suspect your segments are going to be uh, quick this (laughs) this episode. Because our first segment is A Distant Part of the Universe, which is, was there any world building that worked for you in this episode? No. I'm I'm
0: sorry. No.
1: I really like the mercenaries that have to serve nine missions.
0: Okay. I guess I, I do like that. I do like that. I was kind of saving them for strange alien creatures. I was going to say
1: that brings us to strange alien creatures, which is what puppetry worked for you.
0: Or what? Alien well, design. Yes. In puppetry general. or
1: makeup or, yeah.
0: Or landscaping even sometimes. I, I was fine with the swamp. I like that. I like it when we're in alien environments and I like it when we have alien aliens and I'm glad that we have alien aliens again. It feels like we've really just had people dressing weird for the past many episodes i'm glad we're getting back to the puppets
1: also i mean you mentioned that they kind of look like a cross between the alien aliens and the predator aliens which they do but they don't have that kind of rubbery quality that i associate with those aliens they're they're like bony Yes, but also they, their skin seemed skin-like to me. Like, I thought th- those puppets were really well sculpted.
0: They were. They didn't get to do very much because I'm assuming they were very complicated, but they were really cool looking.
1: Yeah, those were, those were like those big bird puppets where there's like a person inside of it with the hand operating yeah, the mouth. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't, don't know if that's what those actually were, but they were very tall puppets. I'm sure there was a lot of work involved. And our final segment I know you have nothing for, which is The Wonders I've Seen, which is what emotionally touched you.
0: Okay, yes, nothing. I like... I feel like it was underdeveloped. That's the thing. I feel like this episode had so much good stuff in it that it didn't do anything with, which is very often my problem with Farscape. Like, I like the parallelism between Aaron and her mom, and between their journeys, I wish that they had just done more with that. It... And honestly, I like the... I like the concept of them, you know... Aaron's mom and her weird alien things hunting down John and Aaron and Crace on the alien world, but that felt like so little of the episode. Like this episode almost does a bunch of stuff very well, and I feel like that's why I didn't like it so much because it's worse when something is almost good and then is not.
1: I felt like this episode hit it. I felt like it was hitting on. I I, I felt like it was it was hitting all of the things I wanted it to hit. I think this is the furthest we've been apart on our opinion on an episode at the end of a recording. Mm. I think usually at the end of a recording, one or the other of us has brought the other along. So um, I'm going to put a poll up on our Twitter. Mm. So everyone who's watched the episode, who is right? Is Max right or am I right? Right. But I'm gonna put that poll up on our Twitter, so please vote uh what you think about this episode.
0: I'm assuming that you're going to win this just because I'm assuming the people who I mean are... it is a
1: Farscape <laughs> podcast. It yeah. is it is a, there is a selection bias.
0: I am coming into this in a very uh with a very serious disadvantage.
1: But no, I mean I I always want I always want to know what our listeners think, but I especially with our opinions being so far apart on this episode, I especially this week want to know what everybody thinks. So mm. please let us know on on twitter or on our facebook page so the next episode we're going to talk about is called incubator mm-hmm. and the description from amazon prime is scorpius reveals his mysterious past to Crichton in a dangerous attempt to make him an ally
0: <laughs> good luck with that scorpy
1: <laughs> oh so i think that does it for this week yeah
0: i believe that'll about do it
1: our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcome-to-television.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Cruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people, uh find the show
1: if you want to talk about this episode which we really want you to or if you want to talk about any episode or any episode of any television show you should join our facebook group welcome to television
0: we can also be contacted at Love tv zines on twitter or at Love television zines at gmail.com
1: so until next time i'm tina and i'm max and this has been welcome to the uncharted territories